0: Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Welcome back to the Digital Workplace podcast. Today, our guest is Rupal Thanawala. She is the managing partner of Trident Systems and also the tech editor for the Indianapolis Recorder. Hi, Rupal, how's it going today?
1: Great, how are you doing?
0: Excellent, I'm really excited to talk with you. I've seen your name in so many places and we've had a few conversations ahead of time, but this is just fun to be able to sit down with you and have a chat.
1: It's my pleasure.
0: So let's start off with our check-in round question. Just to prove your humanity, I'm gonna ask you, what have you changed your mind about in the last six months?
1: The last six months have uh, dramatically changed the way we work, but personally also, how do I manage my team and how we can uh, be more empathetic and compassionate uh, with our employees. Uh, It's been a very different time for us as leaders, but then also for our employees where uh, we are really lacking human interactions And, uh, of course, uh, every individual is dealing with a whole lot and probably more than they had expected in a very short time. So what has really been uh, important for me as a person is that, you know, how do we draw the line between our working hours and our personal hours? And, of course, that being, uh, of course, shared with our people also. Having a different workplace versus uh, uh, your Family place where, you know, making sure that you have a separate workplace and that way, you know, we can fully focus when you're working. Uh, And also importantly, you know, understanding that people's uh, workplace looks different. That means we have asked moms to work from home and dads also. So, yes, their pets, their children, their daily chores are going to be integrated within their work. Uh, environment.
0: Yeah, it's always nice okay. to like see the children come on Zoom calls and different things like that. And just for that to be
1: normal now and not as, like something to be embarrassed about. Absolutely. So I really encourage people that it's okay, you know, and don't try to, you know, just shh, out of this my room? I'm in a conference call. No, let's make it normal because it's very hard. It's not just a one week, two week type of a setup. We've been in this one for more than 10 months now. So be human. I think that's most important. And as a leader, it's very important for us to understand that we have, as leaders, challenged our workforce to change their uh, place of work. We have changed their daily routines. We have practically embedded in their family life. So be understanding about what we have done to our people. And I think that's one thing was the biggest change as even for me to adapt and make sure that you know I'm understanding my people's uh, uh, daily life, and uh, I'm not over uh, uh, exposing myself to them, <laughs> and uh, you know, give them the space the way best we can.
0: Yeah, being aware of that is, is great, Rupal. You have a really fascinating history, and I think one that's going to serve this conversation very well. So why don't you give us just a quick background of the last twenty years? that you've spent in this business and IT strategy world, just to give a framework for this conversation?
1: So I have been for most of my career into the consult, IT consulting uh, uh, space, uh, although I started as a biomedical engineer and an entrepreneur, uh, but since I have been in U.S. for the last uh, a few, uh, 20 plus years, I have always stuck to that uh, and uh, worked in different uh Big consulting firms, uh, Betting Point, which was a KPNG's uh, IT consulting uh, uh, business, uh, then PwC, Accenture. Uh, But then I'm also uh, right now working as a working for my own consulting firm. But throughout my journey, I have always maintained my giving back uh, work on that means I've been on multiple boards. Uh, I'm a president of Asian American Alliance. Uh, I am been very involved with the Black Data, Black Data Processor Association, which is called BDPA. It's a national organization. And uh, I'm very much involved with the Indianapolis uh, chapter and being very much involved with my children's life. And then now I mentor young adults on the journey to college. Well,
0: I'd like to get your input on, as you've seen changes in the workplace. You know, you've seen things, I would say, like at the height of those KPMG days, seeing how businesses operate. In the midst of seeing all these digital things happen, the big wave of tools coming forward. As you look at what's different today versus then, let's just start off with the topic of digital leadership. When you look at the leaders who are in place trying to lead teams through these times, Compare and contrast what it looks like for a leader today in 2021 versus, you know, maybe back in in the early 2000s or in the 90s.
1: Sure. So I think uh, I I may sound a little dated to your audience, but uh, I started my journey when we were programming on, you know, um, MUP, the 8086 chips, you know, which probably nobody knows what I'm talking. So, but yeah, so we started on those days, uh, but at the time, you know, I think Technology was, of course, in its infancy, and it was uh, very limited to just a few applications uh, was we were even excited that you know we got an email you know or uh, oh I remember my Y two K days when we were worried that oh you know the flights uh, uh, that the world is going to end and you know the flights will be shut down and the whole and there won't be an electricity on January first and all so but then the third was a very uh, uh, hardcore technology driven world versus where I see now is uh, in today's day. Technology has been a truly an enabler. I see now true innovation in last few years versus in my early days, it was more like, you know, hey, can we just uh, put some uh, widgets here and there? So I think now I'm more, uh, I feel, okay, this is called real innovation and such that technology hasn't been embedded in every part of the business now.
0: So when you think back to those early days, especially, I'm going to ask you, like, as a woman working in that space in the early days, did you find it difficult or was the technology space a little bit more progressive than other areas?
1: I think we are still not that progressive. So (laughs) I think that's a very valid question. And my answer, of course, you can predict, is that, yes, it was very... Uh, Different, uh, particularly, I I graduated from India, and there were very few women even in an engineering school to start with. Uh, I was uh, one of the very first uh, biomedical engineers in my um, small school, you know.
0: Did you have a lot of support from your family to do that?
1: I would say no, Uh, because uh, in my family, I'm the first generation uh, college uh, graduate. My parents were didn't even finish at elementary school. And I didn't have many resources uh, in the days that I could even afford a college degree. So I would say uh, I had a supportive parents. However, they didn't even know how to mentor me, guide me or support me the way I wanted. So it was very different. Plus women did not work outside home in my family. Uh, women did not uh, even go to college for that matter. And their ultimate goal for women was, to, okay, you know, you get married and start your family and take care of your family. So although my parents uh, wanted me to do what I wanted to do, but they were really struggling as, uh, what are you talking? We don't understand what you are, what you want to do. So I'm grateful for my parents for allowing me to do what I wanted to do, but it's a uh, One thing I always, that's one of the reasons I mentor a lot of students for college uh, careers and uh, finding the right college and all, because often parents uh, do not understand how to guide their children.
0: As you are a mentor now to several people as it's coming through, specifically women, what are you telling them today that you wish you heard back then? And how have you also changed your advice and, and the way that you help people in this time?
1: And this is a perfect week because we had our very first woman vice president elected also that uh, it's possible.
0: Did did it always feel like even before something like that, it was like, you know, we said it was possible. You can be anything you want. But without those role models, do women really believe that as they're coming up?
1: Absolutely. So I want to be their role model. And I asked women to find a role model it's, it's not always going to be easy for them to find in their families. Like it was not easy for me to find one in my family. So look outside and uh, dream about it because you can only have a reality if you have dreamt of it. So I, and at the same time, you know, explaining them uh, what, what all is possible. I think uh, it's a very empty statement to tell somebody, hey, you know, it's possible unless you don't know what are the possibilities. So having a very uh, organized mentoring to the young women is very important. What are the career options they have? What does it take to go to a college? What are the, uh, how does it changes your economic and family dynamics once you have a college degree? And I think making it real for them. Like it's more of a show and tell is needed than just lecturing them. So I'll give you one example. I had a young woman uh, who wanted to go to an Ivy League school and uh, she came to me and she had uh, a few few college admissions, but uh, that was not fully funded and she could not have afforded. And she was almost going to give up on her application. And I said, look, you have to just apply for these scholarships and particularly in some of the schools, you know, they have scholarships for women in STEM. And she said, oh, I didn't even know about it. And I said, you know, if you take this career path, you know, then uh, she wanted to be in agro-science. And I said, if you be in agro-science and Indiana has this many jobs uh, published on agrinovas look it up. And she said, oh, yeah, now I can imagine how it can be from dream to reality, So I think holding that hand throughout the journey is more important. I often see so many young women going through different conferences and really feeling very energized and uh, encouraged that, yes, I want to do it. But often they really lack it. But how do I do it? There are so many STEM-focused uh, uh, high school programs nowadays, which is great. You know, I just about the Rooted Institute. You know, and uh, uh, so many STEM programs out there. Eleven Fifty Academy has so many care dollars available. People can just go and take the courses there. So, I think giving them the tools to be successful is more important, uh, of course. To ignite them and think about it is absolutely needed because often not every woman get that. Um, But then taking them through the entire journey is very critical. Even once they get through it, they go through an Ivy Tech program or women in high tech program. Okay, these are the jobs available. Hey, how can I connect you with the right person? Networking, mentoring, coaching. So it's a complete cycle or else we are dropping a lot of women in between this whole journey. And people say, oh, you know, I got frustrated because I didn't know anyone to ask a question. I didn't even, I found it so hard to even find a job and uh, I'd rather fall back into my uh, whatever career that probably was there offered to me and I'll fall back on that. So I think that is what is missing and that's what I try to provide them.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Let's talk about the leadership role and what it means to be a digital leader today. What do you feel like are the things that digital leaders in the present day, what are the skill sets they need to build into? How is their role different than it was 20 years ago? How would you advise people in that situation?
1: So number one thing is, you know, digital transformation in few days, it was more of a strategic initiative. People still think it's a strategic initiative. I'm in my mind also, but it is truly a, uh, mandatory disruption, because if you do not adapt yourself, enable your organization and advance, you could be obsolete otherwise. So changing that mindset is very critical and making sure that digital transformation is part of every business, sorry, every part of the business you have. Like in the very early on, I think technology was very relevant only in manufacturing. And um, that is where probably a lot of uh, new tools and uh, technology started coming. I worked in SAP for many, many years. And that's where all it started, supply chain, because that was easy to do. But now it is in every part of the business. And every leader have to be digitally literate. And one more thing I would say is, you know, be a student of technology. As you could be a CFO, you could have been, you could have been a CFO, CEO, HR leader. You may not fully understand all the, Tools and efficiency that you can gain from digital transformation.
0: So, what does it look like for someone to be a student of technology without having to learn programming?
1: Oh, I don't mean to say that they, anybody has to learn uh, programming. Yeah, how, how would you describe I mean that? Yeah. Is you know higher talent? I think having that trusted advisor as a CIO is absolutely a person that you need in your executive team listen that's what i mean you know adapt and listen it's very important because your cio can and i know every leader is looking uh you know few things by end of the day what is the uh, you know shareholder value that i'm able to you know give the value to my shareholders how am i gaining efficiency how am i expanding my customer base how am i you know going to change as a cfo you know what's my bottom line Which places you have inefficiencies, that technology can remove. So be open-minded. I think when I meant student, mean being, you know, be open-minded and listen to the ideas.
0: And I find that it's important as well for when leaders that are thinking about technology, sometimes they think about it as a separate department. Like that's what the CIO does. But then there has to come a moment when you realize the technology you're adding is changing the rest of the organization too. It's changing the way that your culture happens. It's changing the way that you collaborate. It's changing the way that you lead the people around you and not just seeing as, okay, that's what the CIO does. That's what the tech people do. They add this technology in, but actually it's infecting, maybe is not the right word, but it's impacting everything else that's going on too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, again, this is the mindset of uh leaders who were probably there 20 years back and they've done an outstanding job in whatever they were doing, whether in the finance, sales, marketing, uh, HR, and again, I don't want to, uh, you know, put them in a pigeonhole in any ways. But then, you know, that's how they saw that, hey, you know, only business knowledge could get them here because those days they did not see technology as an enabler. Rather, they looked at technology as a widget, versus now it's embedded across their business. And that is what that is what your competition is doing. And that is what I mean by, you know, adapt, enable in advance, or else you will be obsolete. Because if you're not paying attention, then your competition is going to move faster than you.
0: Well, I love that idea of seeing it as beyond just a widget. It's part of the internal operating system of your company how you work is your approach to technology do you have any stories about leaders that you've interacted with that have either done this really well or have failed to do it and what happened to them in that experience
1: i think i've seen both sides of the story so yes i have seen the leaders who have failed and i don't want to uh put um, anyone in um any known person <laughs> sure. in that thing but you know i would say the uh story about uh block uh, blockbuster versus netflix is a great example uh blockbuster thought that the, you know the the consumer behaviors change and uh people are everyone is uh everyone is a consumer of technology nowadays and that's what happened with the blockbuster and netflix you know far bypass them was to the point that blockbuster is you know Probably my kids don't even know what a blockbuster I'm talking, you know, Uh, or is the Kodak is another classic story. They couldn't see the digital photography coming up and they got, you know, absolutely, you know, uh, wiped out. So I think these are the, I would say the stories that probably, you know, the companies that, you know did not, could not see and uh, did not understand the power of digital transformation. I think those, but in a personal, as a consultant, of course, you know, we see this all the time. Uh, And of course, I cannot talk about my clients here, but I think that's what's been happening. Uh, So I think there are a few things that when I, at least when I talk to my uh, customers, I talk about these five solutions that they absolutely, absolutely have to think about. Uh, the first one is, you know, communication and collaboration, and it has become even all the more important uh, in 2020. Uh, people don't walk down to the, each other's desk. Your workforce is global, so please implement the collaboration and communication tools. Uh, and you know, your younger workforce communicate anyway very differently. I have my children telling me, "Mom, we don't uh, pick up the phone and talk." There are just so many ways how people want to communicate, but so is your customers. So think about how are, you're going to collaborate with them. Uh, so uh, 2020 is of course, uh, accelerated that whole communication and collaboration to the next level. So even if you thought, yes, we'll get on the bandwagon, you need to, if you're not, if you're not on that, then you have already missed the opportunity. Second is cybersecurity with everyone bringing you know bringing your own device and working from different places and uh, technology advancing so has advanced you know the threats to you know your infrastructure so cybersecurity you know you don't need a one person who's just resetting your password anymore but it's far far deeper than that i would highly say that it's not just cio that you need in your executive uh, boardroom but then you also you need your ciso do not underestimate that.
0: Cybersecurity for a lot of the companies that we interact with is like flossing your teeth. It's like everyone knows, yeah, I should be doing that. That's a good idea. But they just maybe don't get around to it or feel like it's out there. It's a little bit too confusing. So that's a great thing. It's great to pass on some good tips on, on that area.
1: Uh, the third one is cloud solution. I think we are so used to, again, uh, everything in a physical environment that hey you know i go to my de- i go to my office as a physical space and you know i have my own desktop and everything has been on my hard drive and all you know but it's beyond that now it's not just having you know your data on the cloud but enabling so many cloud solutions that are available because uh, that's another I would say it's just, again. This is it's not only the cost of cost efficiency, yes, but you know efficiency in terms of uh, getting your work done. I had a, I had a one client uh, I've worked a lot in life science industry, and um, one of the clients uh, their biggest challenge was when they get uh, questions from FDA, you know, for their uh, up approvals and uh, it was a smaller client uh, and they said you know we didn't realize that having our data on cloud and collaborating with our different partners was so critical that they could cut down like literally three weeks from the response to FDA by the way what we have seen in 2020 that people get emergency approval and all and nowadays people are more uh Uh, aware of the lingo that goes on with you know hey it's in the clinical trials and you know stage one stage two stage three but typically a drug approval process takes years and it goes you know like you literally play volley with fda and um but you know so things like that so i think cloud solutions has a power to accelerate your business uh, the fourth one I want to talk about is different business operations. And I did touch upon on that a little bit. Whether it's your HR function, you know, sales and marketing, uh, finance. Whether it's not only just from enabling them in your business operations, but then how do you act- actually enable your data analytics and reporting? That is very critical.
0: Yeah. Seeing how it's integrated with everything else. That's good.
1: Absolutely.
0: And what's the last one?
1: And my last one is, you know, social media. I know it's, it has got a lot of bad press recently, but that is where you have to listen because that is where your customers are talking about you. That is where the customers are learning about you. That is your direct way to be in touch with your customers. It's a totally, that's how you're, if you are tapping into a particular uh, customer segment, then you absolutely have to have a social media presence. I know so many companies, they still do not have even their social media presence. And I said, you know, you're missing out on a marketing, social listening, and so many other opportunities. So depending on, of course, the size of the companies, you know, have your, in in, in all like digital marketing exports for yourself,
0: Makes a lot of sense. RuPaul, this has been great to think and to learn from you and and everything you're doing. I really admire who you are and how you've adapted your career over the years, not only in building more leadership roles and doing more consulting, but just the work you're doing around, like you said, mentoring younger women. You're doing a lot of work in the community around overturning anti-racist policies and trying to bring more awareness to some of the discrimination that happens there. So I really love talking to you and it's been great to learn from you.
1: It's been a pleasure speaking with you.
0: Thanks for coming on. We will uh, be sure to stay in touch because there's a lot that we can learn from you and everything that's going to come through. So thanks for being on the show. We look forward to talking to you again.
1: Same here. Have a great day.
0: This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you think. Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice a month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level five digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.